You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to this week's edition of Assembly Call Radio, where each week we discuss the most important topics in the world of Indiana basketball. This is our 286th edition of Assembly Call Radio and our 940th episode overall of the Assembly Call, recorded on the evening of April 13th, 2023. I'm your host, Andy Bottoms. And let's begin this edition of the Assembly Call how we begin every edition of the Assembly Call, and that is with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. Uh, sometimes in the offseason, it's tough to figure out what the banner moment is. That was not the case this week with uh, IU getting a commitment from one of the top players in the portal, former McDonald's All-American Khalil Ware. Uh, the guys, a uh, number of number of folks were able to jump on earlier in the week uh, on the day that he committed. Uh, I think we had uh, roughly the entire back home network outside of Ryan and I. So Galen Scott, uh, Tony, Jared, Coach were there. Jay was there. And uh, so a lot of good conversation would encourage people to go back and and um, and listen to that to, to get some some of the initial thoughts on that. Uh, we'll give a few thoughts here uh, as we get into who's your headlines, but uh, a really exciting player from a skill set standpoint, from a physical trait standpoint. I think uh, a lot of reasons to be excited. Jared's done a couple other interviews, uh, both with someone who wrote an article about where uh, in uh, from Arkansas and also somebody who covered Oregon. So some good perspective uh, from those on 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 his season, his freshman season at Oregon, maybe some theories on what might have gone uh, maybe not wrong, but not as well as what what he might have hoped and uh, offered some. Uh, some reasons for optimism in the future. It's still, uh, you know, nothing matters until he actually suits up and plays. But um, I, there's obviously a lot to be excited about with a signing like that. Fills a hole in the front court, obviously, with the departure of Trace Jackson Davis and Race Thompson. That is important as well. And so uh, between he and Peyton Sparks, I use got given themselves some depth in the front court, which they much needed heading into the offseason. And now uh, still more work to be done in the portal as you look ahead to the season and the roster. And we'll talk about that as we go here. But uh, really exciting to add a marquee piece, uh, both from a recruiting pedigree standpoint and also just from the, the standpoint of how he was viewed uh, in the portal and gives Woodson a chance to uh, to help develop someone else. And if you know he ends up getting to the NBA next year, another feather in his cap from a player development standpoint. I think that becomes important as you're looking to bring in other guys out of the portal going forward. So lots to be excited about in that regard, uh, potentially some other commitments, uh, a lot of, a lot of irons in the fire there. So certainly as we have other commitments, we'll hop back on to talk about those, but for this week uh, they got one and it was a big one. So uh, exciting, uh, exciting week uh, of news in that regard. And uh, we look forward to talking about him a little bit more later on in the show today. All right, with that, let me introduce my co-host for this week. Jared is off a self-imposed suspension because he doesn't trust himself to not give away big news live on the show should he receive any texts or DMs in the next week. So uh, I'm not sure anyone has a worse on-air poker face than he does. Uh, but, uh, he, you know, here we are. We'll we'll power through without him. Uh, if he happens to get any news of any kind and texts us, we'll try to have a better poker face than him. 
as we move forward. But uh, I do have with me to my left. He's a longtime high school basketball coach in the state of Indiana and the founder of Delphi Bracketology. He remembers the days when a movie cost a dollar. Heaven help you if you ever decide to pop your collar. Play hard, but remember, fake hustle is a crime. He's the coach and it's time Sony time. Coach, it's Tonsoni time. What's on your mind from this week? Any lingering thoughts on where or anything else uh, in the IU basketball world? It's just a good pickup. Uh, The potential is there uh, when you get that type of recruit. There were some things in high school, some things in college that didn't go as planned. There's some reasons behind that, that if he gets on campus and and gels with the coaching staff, likely are going to go away. And and you got to get talent. Uh, It's if you watch the NCAA tournament, it's about dudes. And at times you can't just get like the perfect scenario. A guy that averaged 17 points was a great teammate, worked hard, was in the gym all the time. Those guys may or may not be transferring, but this guy has a lot of talent. He has some face-up ability. And uh, I think coach Woodson and staff will love getting him in the gym this summer and, and making him a a big part of uh, next year's uh, roster. So it was a good week. Uh, You you definitely have to be interested in that. The other thing, fellas, is I'll just keep uh, saying to everyone, be patient. The coaching staff has a plan. They have people they are watching. They have tiers, probably one, two, and three. Here are the guys they really want. Here are some guys if that doesn't work out. I mean, they have a plan, and it takes time. There are so many uh, young men in the portal uh, and there are people that are keep entering the portal uh, at this time. And so, you know, the one thing we have to do is understand, yes, they're going to go after some wings. Yes, they're going to go after probably another post player, but that's all part of the process. And Indiana is not going to get everyone that they may want or that we hear about on social media. Uh, they may have to swerve and, and, and go another way, but by all means, uh, Coach Woodson and staff are doing their due diligence and, and having a plan. It's just not going to happen as quickly uh, as we would like when these young men either come to campus or have a Zoom Zoom call. So far, I think it's a couple of nice pieces to the roster and look forward to filling the other three. Absolutely. And to my right, he's a senior writer for The Big Lead, the world's most prolific Padres live tweeter, and a man who always waits for the current speaker to finish their point before jumping in with his own. Analyzing players, finding every wrinkle. He hasn't ever hosted, never lifted a finger. He's got all the well, Let me quickly add just one thing about this. Dude just interrupted his own jingle. All right, Ryan, anything to rant about this week? Well, I mean, obviously, Kalel Ware's addition is the is the big story everybody's talking about, and and it should be. I, I think that you know you've heard this coaching staff talk about you know the way they really want to play, and you couldn't really do that with a back to the basket center who was six foot nine. Um, essentially, was the message we've been getting for two years now, and and after with Trace Jackson Davis gone, they've kind of talked about you know we're going to play different, we want to play different. And where is the exact kind of guy that should let them play differently? And, you know, a seven one guy who can move. I, Tony had a great point on the, uh, the emergency podcast. I recommend everybody go back and watch that. Listen to that. It was, uh, it was really well done. You get, they, they broke it down really well. And what, what I'll say about him is this could be a guy who plays the five on defense and the four on offense. Cause he can shoot it. He can play out on the perimeter. He can handle the ball a little bit. The skill is there. 
Uh, I mean, on 24-7, he would have been the highest recruit in Indiana history other than Romeo Lankford uh, of the past 20 years, I guess, or whatever 24-7 has been tracking it. Um, he's that good. It's just a matter of development. It's a matter of getting the coaching staff to to get him to feel uh, motivated. And, and not that he's not motivated, but a lot of young guys just don't realize how much more they can attain and, and how much harder they have to work at the college level. So it's, it's, it's certainly exciting. He's the guy you wanted. I mean, if you're an Indiana fan, that's, that's the number one priority was getting that guy. And um, I think he was the best player in the transfer portal. I know Hunter Dickinson's above him on some lists, but I'd rather have where uh, the ceiling is incredible. And and I was talking to my dad, my dad said, well, I hope he sticks around a while. I'm like, if he doesn't stick around a while, that's really good news for Indiana. If he's, if he plays well enough to go to the NBA next year, that is really good news for Indiana. And it means Indiana had a pretty darn good season. So we'll see what happens. We'll see how it develops. I think he's got to put on a little weight, but other than that, uh, this is a guy you got to love Indiana getting. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll talk a little bit about more about him just and kind of how he fits into the roster and, and kind of what's left to fill on the roster as we uh, as we go forward. So this week, we'll hit some Hoosier headlines, including the the wear signing uh, segment two. We'll, we'll talk about the obvious and maybe some not so obvious uh, roster holes or 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 traits that are needed uh, for IU to still fill out over the rest of the offseason. And then we'll hit some uh, some questions in our final segment, as we always do. So all of that is coming up this week on Assembly Call Radio. But now let's talk about our presenting sponsor. And this edition of Assembly Call Radio, just like all shows on the Back Home Network, is presented by our friends at Home Field Apparel, where they have the largest collection of vintage IU apparel that you'll find anywhere with beloved logos like two different versions of the Bison and so many more. Bottom line is that Homefield has something unique for fans and grads of pretty much every school with unique vintage logos for all of them. And no matter what you buy, you know it'll be comfortable and the colors will last through many washings. Plus, you're supporting an Indiana-based company that came up through the Kelly School of Business. And what could be better than that? And Homefield continuing to roll out new schools, rolled out Northern Iowa today, a school uh, that I have... No ties to whatsoever, but did uh, really like one of the shirts. So have that favorited in the app. And uh, when I get in there sometime, we'll uh, probably pick that up. Also have, uh, I believe it's a few more bomber jackets coming out. Baylor, Texas Tech, I want to say, or uh, getting a refresh over the weekend. Maybe TCU as well. Um, so lots going on, constantly adding new things, new schools, uh, and something for everyone at Home Field Apparel. Uh, and so you can go to homefieldapparel.com and use our promo code HOME to get 15% off your entire first order. Again, that's promo code HOME for 15% off. Once again, that website is homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. All right, so as we dive into Hoosier headlines with the Khalil Ware commitment, um, you know, I thought, as I mentioned in the opening, uh, Jared had a couple good interviews over the course of the week. One with Spencer McLaughlin from, um, I forget which site it was, uh, Locked on Ducks, I want to say, on the Oregon side. Right. And, and kind of got his his perspective about how his freshman season went and and some of the things that he saw. And also talked to Nate Olson, uh, a guy that, that wrote the article that Jay had referenced uh, about, you know, maybe being quick to – you know, dismiss some of the ideas or, or at least look at a different perspective of, 
you know, some of the concerns about where's motor and, um, and how his freshman season went a guy who covered him, uh, in high school in, in little rock. And, you know, so coach, I, I kind of throw it to you first, anything stand out to you from those conversations that, that maybe changed the way you were thinking about something with a commitment? Yeah. Well, I, I just go back to, you know, there, there are no excuses for not coming in and, and developing and working hard, but there are reasons at times. And those reasons can be genuine and, and really cause someone to slow down their development. And if you went to Oregon, one of the things uh, from the article, uh, Nate Olson, I didn't hear the interview on that, is that, you know, he was recruited by a guy who then left to took a head coaching job. Uh, those relationships matter. Um, it's interesting in the portal where you have speed dating, how quickly those relationships are trying to be built and, and, and the, the connection made with people in over two weeks. You know, we have uh, a couple guys that are visiting other schools that, that we're really interested in. How quickly can you make that connection? But that, that connection for a basketball player is very, very, very important. So I, I come away with understanding that this, this is a young man in a stage of development uh, that has the tools. You have to take him, and it is a great get for the Indiana Hoosiers because it does allow them to do some things uh, that they hadn't been able to do when you have some guys that can't shoot uh, the, the three. So I don't think he's better than Trace Jackson Davis by any means, but it does allow uh, Indiana to do some uh, pick and pops and some rim runs uh, that they did with TJD. It's a great pickup because – you got to believe in your coaching staff. You got to believe that you're going to make a connection with this young man. He's going to get in the gym and he's going to reach his potential. And, and it is just potential until it's realized. But man, if it hits, if that coin flip uh, or light switch turns on in this young man, he spends a lot of time in Cook Hall, the sky's the limit. And that's just going to make Indiana so much better. There's really very little risk as I see it. Um, and, and the no Spencer doubt. McLaughlin the, from the Oregon podcast, how he wanted him to stay. So a lot of times if you're, if you're a, like we have guys and we want everyone to stay, but there's always a couple guys like, you know, if he left, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world because, you know, it didn't work out or whatever. But it really seemed like they wanted this kind of talent to stay, but he just got outworked. Uh, so, you know, that's something that, that Coach Woodson has talked about. You look at the Renew situation. He got on him for not working hard and playing hard, and all of a sudden Malik played a lot better in the last half of the season. I just think Coach Woodson, one of his strengths is coming from the NBA, all the egos, all of the things that have to be done in a, in a locker room in the NBA, and you bring in portal guys, that gives me a lot more um, you know, uh, confidence that if this kid can be reached, this is a probably coaching staff that has a chance of doing it uh, because of the staff, the assistants, and because of uh, Coach Woodson's background in handling a lot of guys with the different kinds of egos. So I thought those the, the one the the McLaughlin uh, interview was fantastic, and I, and I look forward to listening to the Nate Olson one. Although I did read the article, so I was aware of, of what yeah. that was about. But it put the it it gives me a chance that this guy can can and is willing to work his way uh, to that top level. And, and so, so that's a good news. Yeah. Ryan, I mean, how do you parse some of that information that's, that's come out after the fact in, in terms of trying to explain or, or whatever, maybe why things didn't go the way that he, he wanted to at Oregon, you put a lot of stock into these, you kind of, I, I don't know how, have has your opinion changed of that aspect of it since you've heard some of these other angles of it come out? Here's what I'll say. Freshmen in college don't always 
perform up to expectations, and I'm not just talking about athletes. And I know that from personal experience. I went to USC out of high school. It did not go as planned. Uh, and I wound up transferring to somewhere else. Um, I think that there's a lot to being on your own for the first time. There's a lot to being in a strange place around strange people. And sometimes things don't play out. We've seen it happen in Indiana with good kids who just, it didn't work and they left. And um, I'll say this about him. I, I don't know what happened there. Uh, it seemed like there were maybe some coaching clashes and, and, and maybe the fit wasn't right. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of kids who go to Oregon uh, get drawn in by how glossy everything is there with all that Nike money running through there and the facilities are amazing and all of that. But Eugene is not a happy place. It is a rainy, depressing place. That is not where he grew up. And uh, a lot of people struggle with that transition. Now that can happen in Indiana too. You know, if it's, if you're from California, like somebody in this group and it's cold and dark for four months and you're not used to that, that can be tough. So I'm talking about the human part of it. As far as the basketball part of it, sometimes it just doesn't work out. Sometimes it's not a fit. And and we've criticized Mike Woodson's offensive philosophy. We've criticized some of his lineup decisions. One thing I have never criticized with him is his ability to build relationships with players and to get more out of players. I've never said a, 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 a sideways word about that. They have developed people as well as players. And you look at how much, uh, uh, how improved Trace Jackson Davis was. Jalen Huchifino throughout the course of the season improved tremendously. Xavier Johnson improved tremendously. Like you look across the lineup in the two years here and you've seen guys improve. You've also seen guys get almost publicly chewed out and improve. And, and Malik Renew is that, has been that way. I think Race Thompson to some degree uh, in his junior season was that way or his fourth season or I guess fifth on campus. I, I don't know. Last year. <laughs> Not this past season, but last year. Um, and so I do think that there's something to that. And there's something with connecting with a coach and feeling like a coach has your back and feeling like the guy who brought you in is there and has your back and is, is a conduit for you. Where is going to have that at Indiana? And he didn't at Oregon. And, and so I do think there's a lot going on there with just the personal thing of being a young guy in a new situation, not knowing anybody, all of that. And also the basketball thing of not feeling secure in your position and not having anybody to go talk to that you feel comfortable talk to about it. He's committing to the people who will be his coaches next year. And at Oregon, the guy who essentially brought him to Oregon left. And so that left a huge hole for him. Um, you know, and I think that probably if he didn't think he was going to be a lottery pick, he might have left and gone somewhere else. If I'm going to be here for four years and the guy who brought me here is not here, I'm going to leave. Well, I'm only going to be on campus for nine months anyway. So it's fine. I'm in. We'll just do this. I'll play and I'll just go out and play. And that didn't work out for him. So it's a different situation he's committing to. Um, side note, you see Roseman did phenomenal work on this commitment. He deserves all the credit in the world uh, for getting the kid on campus and getting him locked in. So, you know, again, you, you got to take these stories with, you know, a grain of salt. We're not sitting there. We're not witnessing all of this stuff. You got to be fair to the young man. But it sounded like he had a similar situation in high school. Then a coach came along and he connected with the coach and then he blossomed. Uh, so this is a young man who obviously needs those connections that Ryan was talking about. And if not, then the potential is never going to be realized. And that happens with some players and, and even good coaches like Woodson uh, probably didn't get the most out of Tamar, right? It just was a mix that right. didn't work. That didn't Sometimes it just Tamar doesn't didn't work. Do yeah. yeah. Tamar yeah. didn't want to do it right. And it didn't mean Woodson's at fault. No one's at fault there. So that's what we have to hope because the potential is so high with this guy. 
guy. I mean, perfect- it, just so yeah. high. You got to hope that the roof. Yeah, and, and 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 Hunter and Woodson can really make this kid feel comfortable to get in the gym. The concern is, like the Oregon podcast said, that he got outworked by two other bigs and he got outperformed by two other bigs. And sometimes when you're a really talented high school kid and you've dominated an AAU and down that competition, you're not sure how to handle especially that competition. Especially when you're big. And it takes a year. Especially when you're big. Because if you're seven foot, it's pretty easy to be good in high school basketball. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, when you're playing nationally and all that stuff, you do have to be really good. But you don't realize how much you have to up your game at the next level because there are going to be guys who are just that big that you're facing, just that quick, just that talented. Uh, one thing I wanted to say is, is, is your coach was right about the fit not being right sometimes. And I always talk about this. It's the same with 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 uh, we're coming up on the NFL draft. When they draft a quarterback, people say, oh, that guy's going to be good or that guy's good. They're all talented. It's about the situation they get into. Who is their coaching staff? Who do they have around them? There's so much that goes into making a successful first round draft pick quarterback that has nothing to do with talent. And and it's the same thing, I think, with high level recruits and all of that stuff. They have to find the right situation. How many guys have been a super hyped five star recruit and wind up sticking around four years and never making anything in the NBA because they just never take that next step? And, And it happens all the time. It's sad to watch, but it happens all the time. And so hopefully and and with the transfer portal now they are allowed to leave a bad situation for them and find something and not lose a year of playing so i know that the transfer portal has its issues but but this is a situation where an extremely talented kid clearly did not fit in and is finding another place where he can try and thrive and and i think indiana honestly uh i'm a little biased but i think indiana is a great fit especially given what woodson has done to create those relationships with players yeah, you guys hit on a lot of the things that I, I took away from those interviews. I, th- I think one was having the competition that he had at Oregon. And and Fali Dante was a fairly highly regarded recruit, as I recall. I, I don't think, um, and the other guy's name is escaping me at the moment, but um, yeah, I don't think that was the case with him. But I do think, um, I, I do think the, the anecdotes around the coach in, in high school who really kind of sat him down and said, hey, you you have a chance to really – do something kind of motivated him and then that motivation kind of went away or that that person to kind of not be on you all the time but to kind of recenter you wasn't there and and so i think there's so much validity to that at the same time you're not trying to you're trying not to just talk yourself into it and the you know the yeah. crimson colored glasses and all that stuff it's like you know it's two different places somebody's you know his his motor has been questioned so i think that's fair um but i would like to think that i use staff has kind of shown an ability uh, to be able to to reach guys and 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 find the right way to communicate with them based on what they need individually to to try to get a little bit more out of them and so I think there's certainly reasons as coach said you know maybe not you know maybe excuses to some reasons to others but um, you know I, I definitely took that away so it'd be interesting to see Ryan one quick scattering report question and then we got other stuff to hit so don't don't linger on this for too long I think uh, as the resident shot doctor he shot a number of threes didn't shoot it particularly well. From a percentage standpoint, what are your, you know, 30, 60 second thoughts on the, the shooting form and whether I it's mean, something that can really develop? What I see from his shot is touch. I mean, he's got the touch to be a three point shooter. You know, he's not he's not chucking a rock up there. He's he's got some touch. He's got some backspin on the ball. I think mechanically he's that big with those long arms. There's just it's kind of everywhere. And I think he just needs to to, to tighten everything up a little bit. Um, I wouldn't put much into the missed shots. I mean, I don't think anybody here would question the fact that CJ Gunn can shoot the three. 
and he shot what eight percent as a freshman. I mean, sometimes it's again being a freshman is different. It just is when you're getting used to that. So, um, yeah, I, I think that that the 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 potential is there. Now, do I think he's going to shoot forty three percent and make a hundred threes next year? No. But the threat of being able to stretch the floor is going to be enormous for Indiana. Being able to, instead of every time running a pick and roll, pick and roll, pick and roll, pick and pop sometimes, get him out beyond, you know, a pick and pop to the free throw line, he can step out even further and be a threat to shoot. So that's what is so exciting about this. Actually, it's not just his athleticism. It's not just the seven five wingspan. It's not just a legit seven footer being on Indiana for the first time in a while. I guess you can count Michael Durr, but he didn't play a whole lot. But you know, it's the ability to have a seven footer who can actually do some things on the perimeter, which Indiana hasn't had since uh, Thomas Bryant. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. All right. Well, let's hit some other headlines, try to go quicker on these, but I uh, want to make sure we got some, some thoughts on that and some different perspective as we've learned a little bit more about where over the course of the week, uh, two other guys I use targeting pretty heavily in the portal. Chris Ledlam and Dalton connect are both visiting Tennessee this weekend uh, I think in general, there's still some optimism around Ledlam, but he's you know going to check things out. I think he also is going to visit St. John's. St. John's on Sunday. Um, so Patino, that'll, 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 be, that'll be interesting uh, with him. I know Patino signed one of his former guys from Iona today, which is not shocking. Not shocking. Um, you know, and, and Connect, I think the thought is that they really want to get him on campus. I think that becomes... It you know, takes it to a whole other level of seriousness, if you will. Yeah, until a guy uh, visits, get don't get excited on about campus. Him, so yeah, until uh, a guy so visits, don't don't get excited about him. Yeah, so those are kind of the two names I think floating around a lot from an IU perspective. Uh, Race Thompson got an invite to the Portsmouth Invitational. Uh, could not find the tweet uh, quickly enough, but I think he had seven point six rebounds in his first uh, in his first game yesterday. I want to say I saw a highlight of him making a, a little floater there. So. Uh, at least a good start for him. I think that was in about 20 minutes uh, of action for him. Uh, Big Ten hires Tony Petiti as the next commissioner, was formerly the head of MLB Network, responsible for the day-to-day operations at CBS Sports. Uh, and uh, Jared had a note in here, seems to suggest renegotiation of TV package if UCLA and USC join, right? Uh, so I don't know if that's that's true or not, but I, I uh, no. you know. That, no. that package was, was negotiated with, those additions in mind so that was what i thought but i i didn't know if he put that in here tongue-in-cheek or not they came really close to each other everybody knew it was happening and and uh and yes that was part of the deal is that they'd open up the la market so yeah so any 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 of those really stand out uh to to you ryan i'll throw it to you first and anything with the new big 10 commissioner or anything specifically you're looking for with him or or any other headlines i you know i i cover media uh, at my day job, sports media, and I have no idea who this guy is. <laughs> Jared, Jared sent me a text. He's like, so what do you know about this guy? I'm like, absolutely nothing. Um, you know, he's not uh, a head of network that's been out there a lot, you know, glad handing and, and in the news seems like a, a technical behind the scenes guy and negotiated deals and all that stuff. And, um, you know, I, I, it's an interesting hire. We'll see where it goes. I'd like to, I'd like to hear what he plans to do with the conference um, when he comes in. But I mean, let's be real. The commissioner is only as effective as the athletic directors in the conference. And so pretty much as the commissioner of MLB represents the interest of the owners, the commissioner of the league represents the interest of the schools. And so 
really a lot of the innovation comes from lower down and is suggested up the chain. And he's just supposed to be the guy that helps negotiate the deals and, and all that stuff. So, and just is the face essentially. So I don't think it's going to be a huge deal as long as he's not wildly incompetent. Uh, I think, you know, <laughs> I think, I think you're winning as long as you're not, you don't have a wildly incompetent commissioner, but um, the other thing is, is Ledlam and connect. I mean, there was a lot of optimism about Ledlam when he left campus um, he's decided to play out, you know, sort of the, the recruiting thing and he has every right to, uh, we'll see. Uh, I tend to think that the last person in the door is the best shot in most recruitments. So Brick Patino is going to get his shot probably last. And, uh, the guy is a closer who is, you know, put guys that look like Ledlam in the NBA before. So that's, you know, tough, but there is still optimism from Indiana side. Uh, a decent chunk of optimism connect. You got to get him on campus. I think he's a great, he'd be a great fit for what Indiana wants to do uh, from the perimeter. Got to get him on campus. And so here's hoping he uh, takes a visit next week or something. Yeah. And the other Hoosier headline, Grace Berger drafted by the Indiana fever. I know that came up uh, during the show uh, on, on where the other night, but awesome to see her stay so close and uh, will give fans who have enjoyed watching her play so much an IU uniform, the chance to, continue to be able to watch her in person. So I uh, thought that was a really, really cool story as well. And obviously wish her nothing but the best, um, but that'll do it for a lengthy first segment here on the assembly oh, yeah. call. And, uh, but when we come back, we're going to take a look at IU's roster as it stands right now and, and take a look at some obvious shooting and not so obvious holes that are still left to fill. So stick with us here on the assembly call. All right. Welcome, everybody. Ryan, what um, does Ledlum start wondering about playing time here? I don't think like when you get when you get wear and renew. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's no, but he's a he's four. A he's a three. He'll play three. Can he play? Yeah, he'll 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 play three here. Yeah. Can, I don't that's what he wants to do. The, well, I know that's what he wants. He may have to, to do. guard. I don't. I don't know, Coach, about about guarding whatever. I think. I think obviously being here, we've seen guys become better defenders. Um, I don't. I don't think he's going to worry about playing time. I don't think that's a concern. He's a senior. He will have the veteran mentality. I think that if he comes, he's going to start at the three. They want to. They want wing scoring, and that's what they're recruiting him as. They're not recruiting him as a big man. They're not recruiting him to be Ray Thompson. Shot twenty-seven percent from three. If you look at his shot, though, Coach. It's not bad. He also he was he was having to shoot it a lot, and on catch and shoot he was fine. It was the dribble shooting that was the problem. I like I like him. I think I would want him here, but I'm just sitting here with since where came came. What does that look like? And now he's going to Tennessee, and now he's going to St. John's. Yeah. What do they have I open for him? I don't as think, opposed to I, yeah, I don't think that's a concern. Geronimo wanted to play the three two, and that didn't work out right. Yeah, but he played. I mean, he essentially had the ball the whole time at. at at, at Harvard. I mean, he was, he was playing on the ball like most of the time. That's where most of his points came from was driving off the wing. So um, yeah, his three point shot wasn't great. I actually thought the form was really good. I, I just think he was shooting so much there because so much was expected of him that it was, it was a problem, but um, yeah, I, that's look, just my, had, that, that, I, here's I the thing. Wonder... If Indiana thought, okay. Sh- uh, Caden Shedrick was like number one on their list as a, as a post guy, they got where they stopped, 
recruiting right. children. They're not stopping recruiting Ledlam. No, we would want you know, him. So I, I want so him on the roster. It, they don't think of him as a four. They, they, I mean, they, they just don't. They clearly don't. Whether he can't, whether you can do it or not, they don't consider him that at all. And so, I would say, and I don't think he and Connect are a either or. I think you can get them both. Um, yeah, and I Absolutely. think you can start them both. And and um, Connect is basically a six six shooting guard essentially he might be a little slow foot defensively you're right about the defense i mean there's no question about that but that's why you get a guy like Ware to defend the drive in the post you know i mean you get you get a shot blocker back there um so i don't know All what right. they're gonna do so, they have a lot of they have a lot of lures yeah. cast and, and i'm, I'm not that, trying to i'm just saying i read up on where where can where is it can block the shot but he's not strong enough necessarily so a lot of times he guarded yet. the four Last right. year at Oregon, no, he guarded the four, so he's not necessarily a post player defender yet. Um, I'll say this: Ledlam guarding the three and connect. Uh, what I've heard is you want his offense, but it, that he was on a really bad defensive yeah. North Carolina. So you got three guys coming in, and and there's some questions about hey, guarding. Mike, Woodson, Mike Woodson's known as a guy who develops defenders. Um, but what I'll also say is I think that Ware will look a little bit different by the time next year rolls around. And I think Malik Renew is going to look a little different by the time next year rolls around physically. I think that those guys, their bodies will change. And I think, you know, I don't know. I mean, this is what I'll say about what they're recruiting right now. They have combinations in their head. You know, maybe if you get connect, you don't want Ledlam. I don't, I don't know. I'm not saying this is true, but I'm saying they're going after them both. But maybe if you get one of those two guys, you want to go get. There's another guy out there that fits better. You know, yeah. I mean, they're all. It's a puzzle they're putting together, and whichever piece lands next, they got to go find the other piece that fits. Um, but as far as I have been told, they want them both, and and they want to. And they're not guys who transfer in who are veterans are not coming to sit on the bench and come off the bench. They're coming to that, play. see. That's my that's my point. With yeah, that scares know, me Ledlam, about Ledlam. Going to now, Tennessee, I, going to St. John's, and having more opportunity to play. If Ledlam than at comes, he's, start, he's starting on the perimeter because he wants to play in the NBA. A six-six guy is not going to play in at power forward in the NBA. I mean, it's just not going to happen. But also, we have to remember, Coach, too, that the offense aims to be four out, one in. So you're not worried about that with Ledlam, whether he's going to play, you know, four or three, whatever. It's the defense that you worry about. You're absolutely correct on that. Um, and these guys are confident enough that they can turn anybody into an at least average defender. Look at the work they did with Miller Cop. Miller Cop was bad at defense when he stepped on campus. This year, he was pretty darn good in general. I mean, he has, he has moments, but he was pretty good. And so they feel like they can they can get defense out of guys. The question is bringing in guys who can do stuff on the offensive end and do what they want to do on the offensive end. So. That's I I have I have yeah, and I was no just approaching it as the young man looking like okay I I was one of their top targets yeah. and I could play the three and the four Renew can play the four and the five I mean, was, they got sparks he, and I can I'm going to play a lot and all of a sudden where's there where's going to get 30, 32 minutes yeah and and right Renew's going to get camp- 30, 32 minutes where and Ledlam were on campus at the same time he knows that you know yeah. I mean and he left any and, and when he left they felt Indiana felt real good about it so I mean clearly. They, he's not worried about that overlap. I mean, anytime you can go and play in Tennessee's offense and score 48 points a game, you really have to take that opportunity, right? 
I love sarcastic Andy. Anyway, all right. You guys ready to hop back in since I know we only got yeah, a little go. bit. So, all right. What's going on? It's Christian Wofford. What's the only thing better than an epic buzzer beater? Celebrating it with friends afterwards. Join my guys, Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach on the assembly call after every IU game. Go Hoosiers. And welcome back to the assembly call. I'm Andy Bottoms here with Ryan Phillips and the coach, Brian Tonsoni. And we're going to spend a little bit of time in the in the wake of the wear commitment, kind of looking at where the roster sits as of now. Uh, we'll talk the the one very obvious weakness and, and then – uh, Jared had thrown together some other maybe not so obvious weaknesses that we can spend a little bit more time on. So a reset of the roster as it stands right now at, at point guard, you've got Xavier Johnson, assuming the waiver is granted and Gabe cups uh, your wings. You've got Trey Galloway, CJ gun, Anthony Leal, Ja'Kai Newton. You know, he had listed Caleb banks here. This might be a, a, a quick discussion point of whether you'd consider him a wing you know, really played the four when he came in last year. Don't know if that's the, the thought process. Spent some time in the break talking about, you know, where Ledlam would play. You've got uh, Renew, Ware, and Sparks clearly as your bigs and, and kind of trying to figure out, you know, his banks that, you know, fourth guy in the in the, in the possibility for the, the four spot there. And then you've got three scholarships open. So I, I guess I'll kind of throw the, the banks question just quickly. Um to, to you coach and, and kind of where do you where do you see him fitting in as you're kind of splitting up where you know how you categorize guys on the roster well one, one of the things I think is important is not to forget that Trey Galloway is a big part of this basketball team uh you know everyone's yeah. interested in getting getting guys in who've never played for for Mike Woodson Galloway's played two years and was has been very productive now the question with Galloway is is it he's a best as a starter or coming off the bench with energy as a six man and you bring someone in to get the starters with that being said I also think we need to uh at some point and I know the transfer portal is 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 present right now and who we're going to get and who the new people are but freshmen can make a jump and and CJ Gunn at 6-5 has been known to be able to shoot the three when he understands offense and and his he he showed a, an ability to really want to play some defense Caleb Blanks, high energy guy, has a decent shot. I think Caleb's going to play the three. Uh, I think yep. that's the kind of length that they want at the three, the six, seven, long arm guys with some ability to shoot, with some ability to post, with some ability to drive the basketball. Uh, and and so I think you know Caleb Banks and C.J. Gunn are going to get some run next year, uh, even if Indiana brings in a two and a three, which we do expect. I would expect a, another post or another four in the Geronimo mode of of that kind of playing time uh, to back up the three bigs but I think uh, we might be surprised to see those freshmen who came in and learned the game uh, and had to bide their time being hungry this summer and really developing and playing I wouldn't be surprised I'm not sure I'm ready to say they're going to start but they're going to be able to push for minutes with whoever does come in and those are the two types of athletes I think coach Woodson really really wants to have that athleticism with some skill and it'll be interesting to see if he can get that in the portal to match that and have that athletic team. Uh, so yeah, I think Caleb's a three, uh, for going yeah. forward. Yeah. What I think is that Caleb Banks is going to be a three who can swing down to a small ball four. Right. you know, I, I think that's going to be, and, and coach, you said you expect another post. I do not. 
I think they are set at post with Sparks, Renew, Ware, and then, you know, Banks sliding down. If they get Ledlam, you could do a small ball fourth thing with him. You know, I mean, I, I expect them to go after wing scoring, and that includes shooting. Uh, and I expect to find another ball handler. And that that's what I think. I don't know a true point guard, but somebody who can bring the dang ball up. When you the Louisville kid's a point guard that they, exactly. they mentioned. And that's why they're very interested in him. It has nothing to do with scoring ability. It has to do with the fact that when Jalen Huchifino was off the floor this year, they had a real problem finding guys to initiate the offense, finding guys to get it out of a press, bring it up. Trey Galloway did an admirable job late in the year, but that is not his game. He is not a point guard. Uh, he's, he should be a wing energy guy for you. Um, See, my take so, on Ellis was that in case X's waiver doesn't go through, like Ellis possible. averaged 16 I mean, that, points certainly. a game and was a lead guard. Because I've I've that's heard they're okay possible. with X and Cups. I, I've heard they're yeah. somewhat comfortable with both of those my, Cups my, being the backup. My, my issue with that is, and I, I think Gabe Cups is going to be great for Indiana over four years. But you're relying on a freshman to bring the ball up when X is is gone and when X is out. And, and I think that that's just dicey. And that's putting too much pressure on the kid who I know he's been groomed for this, but it's putting a lot of pressure on the kid as a freshman. Now, maybe throughout the year, you can feel comfortable with that. But in December, when you're playing tough teams, I'm not sure you want that right off the bat. So I, w- I would expect, and, and, and bring it, in getting in a new ball handler, it doesn't mean they have to be a point guard. It's just somebody who can handle the ball and bring it up the floor. You know, and, and, and so... That's what I, I expect them to find somebody who can do that. They have three spots open. I am fairly certain they want two wing guys, and maybe one of those wing guys can bring the ball up. I don't know. But I, I do think that they want two two scores for sure off the wing. And if you think about it, Indiana hasn't really had a wing scorer, like a pure wing scorer, since Romeo Lankford. I mean, that, that's been successful. They've had some guys who are potential, but didn't really do much. And so they really do need to find scoring off the wing. That's not just a, a straight driver or a straight shooter. They need to find guys who could do both. Yeah. I think you guys have brought up some of the, you know, maybe not so obvious weaknesses. We don't need to beat anybody over the head with uh, finding a guy who can uh, take and make long range shots. But, you know, some of the, you know, maybe not as obvious ones, I think Ryan, you just alluded to this, you know, perimeter players who can shoot and challenge the defense in some other way. So a wing score that can, attack closeouts, be a little bit of a slasher as well, um, and, and and do different things, draw fouls, get to the free throw line. You know, I think that's one. Uh, backup point guard was another that was listed here, and, and you guys touched on that a little bit. You know, the other the other two things really were leadership, uh, and, and I think X would be your de facto leader in, in this scenario, given uh, who's there, although I think you could look at Galloway somewhat in that regard. I think he exhibits some of those kinds of things uh, as well. But you do have, you know, you had veteran guys that had been in the program for a long time, like Race and Trace, and even Miller Cop. I thought stepped in, even for a guy that was only there two years, and uh, you know played a, a strong leadership role. And even Huchifino as a freshman, you know, maybe not as vocally, but um, you know, I, I had thought I had some of those characteristics. So I think leadership. Uh, is a question and then you know depth at this point is a question because you've got those open spots but it also speaks a little bit to you know what what you talked about with the sophomores being able to take a leap what do you get out of cj gun what do you get from caleb banks can cup step in right away um and so the, the way that jared had phrased this was you know in an ideal world you might want 
I think Sparks would definitely come off the bench as an energy guy. Is you know we've talked about that with Galloway before. That was you know eventually kind of off the table once X got hurt last year as he slid into the starting role. But is he a guy that ideally you'd want to come off the bench to bring energy? You can't do that unless you get some other guys um, in place. But but coach, as you look at those you know, other potential weaknesses and, and ways to fill those in from a leadership or a, a depth standpoint. Um, you know, maybe which one of those do you think is, is more important than the other based on the, at least the current composition of the roster? Yeah. I, I think the wing scoring uh, tied with the shooting is just, is just vital. Um, you got to replace cop and, and I would say replace cop with someone who can also score off the bounce and attack yeah it is just vital wherever you get him wherever you're from is it's if it's the connect kid who can do that that's why i like the connect kid and you can again teach too. him defense even though i brought that up in in between sessions the concern about defense if a guy can score 20 and has nba ups and can shoot that guy needs to be on indiana's roster because yeah. that's what got into the sweet 16 was versatile wings i do think cj gunn and, and caleb banks and jakai newton are going to be there the question is when when yeah. you you know uh and how much are you relying bring... on I, right. I think cj gunn's gonna be a really nice bench player next year who develops the yes. starter as a junior i think caleb banks is going to be a huge piece off the bench next year who maybe starts making the move where you're like hmm, should we play him more you know i mean right. that kind of thing Jakai newton is going to be a freshman i think he's yes. a, again long term going to be a great player in indiana but he's a freshman and he, he might come in and do what caleb banks did this year some um, not, they're not the same player, but you know what I mean? From an energy standpoint, cups is going to have to play. I mean, right now with the way the roster is constructed, Gabe cups is going to play a significant amount, uh, more than you would want for, for a freshman young point guard, um, uh, just given his size and all that. But you know, the kids battle tested for sure with what he's, what he's done in high school. Um, but the roster is more athletic right now. It is even with, it is even with three scholarships left open, Absolutely. it's more athletic. It's just are the, the well, younger the players losing, ready you know, to a play? Guy like, a guy like Ray right. Thompson was really athletic, but he was injured over so long yeah. that you didn't say the athleticism didn't play up for a while. And you're replacing him with a guy like Ware. You're replacing, right. you know, TJD, who was very athletic, and his athleticism certainly shined over his last two years. I think he got way more athletic, way quicker, all that. But you're replacing him with you know Ware and 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 potentially a guy like Ledlam or or you know, Caleb Banks is playing more. You are seeing more and more athleticism, certainly. And a variety of skills. Yes. Trace Jackson Davis and Race had specific skills that they were really good at and yep. you needed to have on the court. But Ware has a potential to have a variety of skills. You want to go out and get some wings that can really compete with Galloway, Gunn, Banks, Newton, and add to that mix. And that's where the Connect kid, get him on campus. I think he's he is that kind of uh, offensive guy that can really add something to it, but the I just want I would I would urge, and again I'm trusting the, the coaching staff tremendously on this, but get athletes, get dudes who can do a variety of things. Uh, you know, the spot shooter who can't move, uh, it, 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 it's you can hide one yeah. of them, uh, but we we had a lot of. Li one-dimensional or two-dimensional players, whether it's two centers at a time in race yep. and TJD, a corner shooter who who worked hard and was great in Miller Cop, but, man, dudes and, and athletes. And it's if you want to see what we need, in the, look at C.J. Gunn and project him out as a junior or a senior who's played two years. Yep. Can you get a, a, a C.J. Gunn, Caleb Banks size and athleticism that's got two years or three years of experience as a graduate transfer? 
you bring those in and mix everyone together, now you got a good good squad. Yeah, I, one thing I want to say too is I think a lot of people in all this Kalel Ware discussion are forgetting about Malik Renew. I think a few weeks ago, right. everyone thought Malik Renew was going to be the best player on the roster next year. And that still may be the case. Um, he's an excellent young big man. He's a straight big man. They'd like to get him out on the floor a little bit more. Uh, but he's going to be a huge factor for Indiana next year. And again, I think his body's going to look a lot different, just like I think Ware's is. So don't forget about Malik Renew being in the mix. I think he's going to be a huge part of what this team does next year. Yeah, that's a good segue to you know some of the strengths that at least what we know that they have right now. You know, one of those is that big man rotation. I, I tend to agree with you, Ryan, that they're probably feel pretty set with the trio of Renew, Ware, and Sparks with the the knowledge that uh, Banks could slide down there if they needed to. And whether it's Ledlam or somebody else, I think they would end up getting somebody else who would be more in that 3-4 mold, not necessarily a, a you know a straight 4-5. Um, yeah, so I think the big man rotation is, is a positive. Uh, I think you've got, if you think with X, you've got a playmaker. Galloway showed great strides. Uh, a year ago and maybe in a, a, a slightly different role you can do that even more from a rebounding standpoint I think with Ware and Sparks that was obviously a huge issue and one of the reasons they ended up going home from the NCAA tournament that seems like it has the potential to be improved uh, and I think some perimeter defense could be a little bit better um, maybe fewer guys at least at this point that you feel like you have to to hide defensively but you know any of those strengths stand out to you Ryan or is there other strengths of this roster that you know, even as it sits today, this isn't what it will be. It it can't be this going into the season. But, um, you know, what what are some things maybe that have you excited about what we know about the team so far? Well, I do think the defense will be improved because of the quickness and athleticism on the perimeter, which was a huge. I mean, getting straight line drives against was a huge problem for Indiana this year in a lot of games and getting beat up by guards. And we, how often did we say, God, they miss Xavier Johnson right now? And they're going to have him next year, assuming that everything works out. They're going to have him. But C.J. Gunn can guard. Caleb Banks can guard. Trey Galloway can guard. Um, and so, and then you're going to have a big man in the back in, in Ware who can block shots. Um, you're right, Coach. He needs to get stronger, for sure. But I'm assuming that happens. Uh, assuming that they're working on that right this second. Um, so I think the perimeter defense is the big change there. Rebounding, I you know, in there, I probably gets improved. Um, just because I think that the guards that will be there are better rebounders and more aggressive rebounders. And you're, again, you're going to have a 7-1 guy and Malik in there a lot. Um, so yes, I, the versatility of the big men, I think that goes hand in hand with the rebounding as well. But I think that the perimeter defense is the big change. That is the big thing. And the games Indiana lost this year, where they lost to teams twice or they lost in the NCAA tournament, who did they lose to? Guards. Guard heavy teams were what beat them into a pulp this year, and that has to change moving forward. Because it's as 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 the man sitting over there says all the time, the coach, it's a guards game, and Indiana has to get better at being at being able to defend that. So so following that up on our run sheet, uh, we have some strengths suggested strengths, and I'm going to say the biggest transfer portal gain is the waiver of Xavier Johnson. A veteran point guard playmaking oh, goes up because he, when he was at his best, he was a high assist man as well as a scorer. And and, and Hood Shafino was great last year, but X was a better playmaker 
uh, when X was playing as well as X can play. Rebounding, X was pretty good as a guard rebounder. He was that aggressive rebounder that Ryan was just talking about. Increased toughness is on our run, run sheet. I think that this team's going to be a little tougher because X has an edge to him, and he has a little bit of nasty to him. And he's going to be hungry sitting out, and he's going to want to prove that he can run a team and then improve perimeter defense. Uh, I think that was one of the things that X brought uh, from day one was his ability to guard the lead uh, ball handler on another team. So of the five strengths that we had listed to pick from, uh, I think Xavier Johnson fills that in and takes some pressures on that. Then you can bring in a connect who might not be from the best defensive system. Uh, and if you can guard that initial play. So I think the strengths right now all depend on getting X the waiver. I am a little concerned that it's taking so long. Um, but I, I have no clue about how the process goes, whether it's taking long or it's an appropriate amount of time. I just want to get the answer that X is back, and then I think we're very competitive no matter what the other three um, you know, slots are filled with. Yeah, I agree. And, and as we get ready to break here, we, we got a few questions that speak to a little bit of you know how to fill in some of these spots, but I think everybody's pretty aligned that it, it needs to be really backcourt and wing heavy for what they need uh, to, to round out what they have here. That obviously takes a full step forward. If for whatever reason, the waiver isn't there, I think then the Ellis piece becomes a lot more uh, that, you know, the full court press is probably on him at that point and, and you try to figure things out from there, but uh, trying to stay optimistic about that piece of it. But I think a lot of reasons for optimism, even with the pieces that are there today, knowing you've got, you know, three other potential puzzle pieces to try to fit in to figure out what this team's going to look like. So lots of excitement there, and we'll certainly be here during the offseason to continue to break it down. Uh, but with that said, coming up on the assembly call, it's uh, mailbag time. we got a handful of questions. We'll answer a few of those next, so stick with us here on the assembly call. Keep going. All right, here we go. This is Ethan Happ, and I never listen to the assembly call, especially the episodes that Ryan is on. All right, welcome back to the assembly call. I'm Andy Bottoms here with Coach Brian Tonsoni and Ryan Phillips, and now it is time for our mailbag. Most of these questions were submitted via our private IU, Bell, IU basketball discussion community, which you can learn more about and join at assemblycall.com slash community. Uh, first up, we do. Actually, I missed this before. We do think, have a mediocre question. I think we answered that last week, didn't we? Well, perhaps that is true. Yeah, I think you're right, actually. I, I didn't oh. mean to interrupt. It's mediocre but... of Jared to leave that question on there. Absolutely. Yeah, I think mediocre. he left that in the run sheet. It was a mediocre carryover. All right, we move on to the next real question from this week. Uh, so, Kathy, with this being a guards game, do you think we're targeting enough guards in the portal or are our returning guards enough? Uh, I think we touched on this yeah. you know, quite a bit as we talked through it. I don't know that there's too much to add. Uh, and I think that's why most of the guys that, you know, I, Ludlum and Connect are the two big names. I think Connect certainly fits into the, uh, more of both guys are kind of 
wing at least i think yeah connect more of the guard more a guard of the two of those guys yeah. um but i do think if you look at that third spot it's going to be a backcourt player so i think yeah. who that is and what you need from that person probably depends a little bit on the you know first couple dominoes that fall you know so if you only get i think ryan you, you said this well they're, they're likely looking at combinations of guys and so the guy they go after with the third one if they happen to get both ledlam and connect you know has these characteristics if they only get one of those two guys the Guy other two both. you know need to to look a little bit different so um yeah. I, I do think they're going through that even though those aren't names that have you know not a lot of guard names have popped yeah. up as much lately something just to look at this i mean in in reality these days in basketball the only guard on the floor is the point guard everybody else is a wing you know, on the perimeter is a wing. They got because you know they got to have a a multi talent. There's no like shooting guard who just shoots. That's so rare these days. And usually it's a bench guy who comes in and, and lights you up from three. It's you're you're you have one guy guy that initiates the offense is the guard. The other guys are wings, and then you got posts. And and that's really how you describe everybody. It's not a one two three four five system anymore really in basketball part of that's because these guys are so talented they can all do kind of everything or can all have multiple traits where it used to be your point guard dished out assist and initiated the offense your shooting guard shot the ball your three was a driver your four was kind of playing around the free throw line maybe hitting longer jumpers or in the or, or double posting with the center and your center back to the basket didn't do anything else that doesn't exist anymore and so targeting guards well connect kind of a wing guy uh, can score, can shoot. He's, I, I wouldn't call him a pure guard. He could probably play some forward too. Um, and, and I think Ledlam's a, a, a forward who kind of does some guard things. So yeah, I think they're targeting enough people. Um, L Ellis from Louisville is now in the mix. He's more of a guard guard. Um, you know, if you want to put labels on it, but yeah, I think they're targeting enough guys. I, I think the weakness of this team now for next year is wing scoring and potentially another ball handler, and and they've got to fill those out. Maybe I should rephrase it: perimeter. It's a perimeters game. It, yeah. it just is. I mean, you got to have face up skills. There. So that's yeah. what that's what you, I mean no. by saying it's a guards of game. It's like well, give hey, me four five, guys that can shoot, drive, defend. Yeah, and only five one to seven big. Years ago, coach, you yeah. were right. It is a guards game. Now it's just right. these guys are so multi talented. I mean, you but got, you got a wings Hufino game. Is, yeah, Jalen Hood six, six six and was a point guard. You know, I but, mean, it's just it's a different game. Here's the thing, and Kathy asked a good question. I think it's always good for all of us to to remember. This staff is targeting a boatload of players. <laughs> they have them ranked. Uh, they know yeah. they need wing players or perimeter like players or guard recruiting. players. It, it is they have a book on all of the players and probably some that maybe they want to come into the transfer portal the way the tampering is going on. Uh, and I'm not accusing IU of tampering. It's just everyone's calling everyone right now uh, in, in college basketball. They know who they want and we don't. That's the thing. We get a Zoom call notification or a visit but behind the scenes, they're working uh, and contacting players left and right. So are, the question is, are we targeting enough? Absolutely. Are we getting the, the ones at, at, at the highest priority? We'll get some. We'll miss on some. But, man, I, there's no question in my mind that this staff is doing due diligence. Uh, I'll say this, portal. too. I'll, I'll say this real quick, too. For the most part, all of these schools know who's going to enter the transfer portal 
around January. Now there are surprises yeah. that come out of nowhere. And there are guys who maybe the last part of the season doesn't go well and they jump in. But for the most part, these moves have been telegraphed for a long time. These guys have been scouting these guys for a long time. They have a list and they just add to it when a surprise happens. So none of this is a surprise. They're not blindsided by this in general. They kind of know what they're doing and they know exactly what they're looking for. Heck, Villanova well, just hired a general manager to do all yeah, that. I saw something. Yeah. yeah. Right? A college yeah. general manager. So, yeah, yeah staffs are doing what they're supposed yeah, to do. Yeah, some of that's just semantics, I think, of what you're calling different roles. But, yeah, yeah. I think when you look at what IU has done, if you, going into the offseason, the, the most glaring hole was what are you going to do up front with yep. Renew, really the only returning guy. So they've kind of shored that up at this point, can feel good about that, and then can really now hone in on – you know, you at least had guards uh, and perimeter players before. Yeah. You might not have known what you were going to get out of them, but you at least had those guys. You didn't have anything in the front court outside of Renew. So I think there's a prioritization component, and I think they feel good about what they've been able to do to give themselves a solid foundation on the post. And now you figure out how to fill in some guys around there. So I think that's been a, a positive. And it's also going to be harder to recruit. It. It's going to be harder to recruit those guards and wing scores because everybody needs them too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I had a couple questions, one from Jack, one from Jim Tom Hoosier about how the rest of the Big Ten shaking up. Uh, one of those talked about you know where Andy Katz had them. Uh, I believe he had them 10th, I want to say, and something that I saw. I mean, I know people need to make content and, and have things out there. I have no idea how in the world anyone is putting out lists of any kind uh, with the number of guys still in the portal, the number of guys are in the in the NBA, recruits um, are still changing or are, are backing out yeah. of commitments like i mean it's yeah i think i think what i think what we can say w with at least some level of certainty in the big 10 is that michigan state and purdue seem to be the top 2 as yeah. of right now they've pretty much gotten decisions i guess outside of um of anything that Edie might do but i think they kind of know everything that's going on with with those teams for the most part um and probably have fewer things that are in flux there compared to others in the league and so you can do whatever you want with anybody else who's there and having iu 10th at this point probably an argument to be made uh to do that just given the holes they have but with people with three four five open scholarships i don't know how you really draw conclusions of any kind in a way to like rank anybody so i do think feels like Purdue and Michigan State would be the favorites at this point and may very well end up that way even when all the dust is settled from a roster perspective. But I think past that, uh, anyone's guess is as good as mine at this point. You've just got – so I mean, Northwestern, he had ranked eighth. Well, Bowie and Audige both have their names in the draft. Now, I don't think both of them are going to stay in the draft, but if you assume that they're they're gone and they don't come back, there's no way in the world they're finishing eighth. But just too many moving pieces at this point to to worry a whole lot about that um i don't know coach if you've got any other overarching I, thoughts about about some of that no it, it's just way too early for for me to really get a handle on who's going to be good and who's not going to be good i think you nailed it on if you want to have a ranking system right now go with the 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 schools that have the less least openings uh, and, and the known quantities coming back, and that's not a guarantee. I mean, the last couple of years, the team that's been predicted once you knew the rosters to win the Big Ten has not won the Big Ten, and someone's come up from the middle of the pack to, to take that. So 
it it's just difficult, you know. It's just that same way with pre, you know, way too early bracketology. Like there's there's no way I'm even going to think about that this year until, you know, maybe November, and then even then that's just a guess because you just don't know how the pieces uh, with the, all the new rosters are going to fit together. Absolutely. Uh, all right, so we'll hit one more and then uh, we'll close things down. Um, this one from Ken Ryan. I'll throw this to you first. With where in the mix it seems likely we go to a four out one in lineup. If the three remaining empty spots are not filled with complimentary ball players, what offense would we most likely run? Uh, I guess the question I would kind of, I mean, just pray, I think, with everything. Yeah, I was mean, going to be terrifyingly bad. Is yeah, I mean, I, I think maybe in general, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess they'd still run the same thing. It's yeah, just with lesser players with younger players, essentially. Yeah, um, I would think so. And, and I think you're going to fill those spots, at least two of them, I think you're going to fill regardless. So, yes, you'd have something there. But I mean, yeah, is there is there anything that you think they will do or could do based on who they're interested in at this point that would make you think that's not the kind of offense they're going to run? Absolutely not. This is what they wanted to run since the beginning. This is what's in his offense. He ran a four out one in the NBA. He uh wanted to do that here essentially did start to do that here i mean they, they ran the two bigs a lot less this year uh in the post than they did his first year where there was a lot of interplay between race thompson and, and trace jackson davis they had guys on the perimeter more often they would run race thompson as a screener out there a lot and then they would have him spread on the floor and he saw him wide open for threes a lot this year uh unfortunately we know that didn't always go too well um but i i would say yeah i think that that the four out one is what he wants to do he wants to have one post guy who can come up, run the pick and roll, spread everybody else out. And he wants to be able, everyone else to be able to knock down shots on the perimeter. And um, I do think they more, need more driving from the wing. And I think they need to set things up for guys to drive from the wing, just like I think they need to set things up to get plays for shooters. But four out one in is what he wants to do. And I think that, yes, the addition of where makes that a lot easier to do uh, as you're if you're going to have two big guys in there to start. And I think kind of you still have to in college ball uh to have two bigger guys especially in the big 10 so yes i think it's gonna be a four out one in lineup i think that Ware and renew will both swap chances in the post and on the perimeter i think that they're hoping that renew can develop his jumper um we saw flashes of it this year and i think they're also hoping that renew can get into the kind of shape where he is out on the perimeter and can can roll off pick and roll have a little more athleticism maybe a little more vertical and um, and, and things like that. So they're basically interchangeable at that point. And I think that's probably what they want. They want versatility, athleticism, and they want interchangeable players. Coach, anything to add on that? Yeah. Na names of offenses and defenses get catchphrasy to, you know, four out, one in, this, this, and that. It's basically the actions, as Ryan said, that Coach Woodson's going to choose to use because they ran four out, one in last year. It's just uh, it they had some limitations with the the personnel that they had. What what I think Woodson wants to do, if, if, if we're reading it right, and what most of the fans want is a more free-flowing uh, type of offense with a lot more ball movement, a lot more player movement. Uh, but I still think you'll see post-ups. I still think you'll see a heavy ball screen if X gets that waiver with where and you know, put where and X in the ball screen. Uh, and you could even have renew down in the dunker spot uh, as X goes to work. Uh, I think you'll see a, a heavy dose of that. And I think that's good. But I think while you're doing that, there's some other things, as Ryan mentioned, you got to move players, get shooters shots every once in a while, then go to the ball screen, then go to something else. A variety of actions 
out of the four out. The four out one in means you just play with one center and put four people out on the perimeter. And there's all think kinds of things you can do. You can run some Princeton offense, back cutting out, off of it. Um, you, you know, you can run some motion out of four out one in. So uh, you got to be careful with that. Just like everyone hates the pack line, you got to understand the principles of the pack line, not the name. Like you can have a, a half of a pack line and half of a denial. You know, coaches use all that, but sometimes we as fans get enamored with names. Um, but it's really the the intricate sets. I would love to see Woodson use a lot of his sets. He's got to have a boatload of them from the NBA um, a, a little bit more this year. But, I, again, it goes back to perimeter players. It's a perimeter players game, uh, face-up game. Get those guys in and get them to work and build around those uh, three post players. Absolutely. All right. Well, that'll do it for That's us. That's it. On We're this done. One. No more questions. Ah, even got interrupted by the drop. Well done. All right, that'll do it for us on this week's episode of the Assembly Call. If you want to see us do the show live, uh, you can join us at assemblycall.com on Thursday nights for the live broadcast of our Assembly Call radio recordings. Thanks to Bob Thompson for producing our music, and thanks to John Ringer of Rig Design for designing our logos. And thank you for listening. We'll be back next Thursday or earlier if events warrant. Uh, but until then, take it from me, James Blackman Jr., Keep your elbows in, eyes on the rim, and get buckets. Go Hoosers. All right, I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. Hey, the show's over. Here I come, Coach Tonsoni. All right, there we go. Cool. everybody. Yeah, we're good. Ryan, I know you got to run, so. I do. Did our best. We uh, within ten minutes. That wasn't bad. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> Not bad. All right. Cool, man. Well, enjoy uh, everybody right, else. Guys. Thanks for joining us. And uh, like I said, we'll be back next Thursday if nothing happens. And uh, if sooner, something does, if, if somebody commits, then uh, we'll convene a, a panel of of experts and uh, some semi experts. Go at it. It's, well, Jay was there. Jay was there. It was semi. That's that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.